Money FM 89.3, best of the evening runway. The Washington Report. Money FM 89.3, it is now time for the Washington Report, where we take a look at key headlines out of the United States. A couple of notable ones, including congressional leaders announcing a $1.59 trillion deal. So that's about $2.1 trillion on top-line spending for fiscal year 2024. Now, the agreement comes as the House and Senate inch closer to the key January 19th deadline when funding runs out for many federal agencies. So will this deal move the country one step closer to preventing a governmental shutdown? That's one question. Plus, we will take a look at how the U.S. Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, has begun a marathon trip around the Middle East in order to prevent a wider conflict. What kind of mission is on the agenda for him? On the line with me is Dr. John Donaldson, Associate Professor of Political Science, School of Social Sciences at the Singapore Management University. Doctor, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm doing great. Thanks a lot for taking the time to help me out with this. So let's start off with that $1.59 trillion deal. So this pretty much talks about U.S. federal spending for the year 2024. What are some of the key highlights of this deal or what's caught your attention so far with regard to this? Yeah, it sure sounds like a lot of money, doesn't it? The main thing is that this is based on a deal that the Biden White House made with the previous Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. And even though it sounds like that's the end of the deal, there's actually still several more more steps that the House and the Senate, as well as the White House, have to go through in order to prevent the kind of government shutdown that has been threatened in past years. And just like previous rounds, the conservatives, the, the, the far right of the Republican Party, are threatening to oppose any kind of deal, especially given their demands uh, with immigration reform in the United States. Wow, that's a lot of issues there. I wonder, as far as all parties are concerned, who are the biggest winners and losers, in your opinion? Well, I think if it stays like this, then actually it's a pretty good compromise. The question will be what happens next. Will the conservatives you know, allow this deal to go through without trying to extract more uh, promises. And with an election uh, coming up in November, I just find it very difficult to believe that they will do that. In the meantime, there's money for defense. There's issue. The major issue will be also uh, funding for uh, Ukraine's war efforts. Lots of issues that are uh, vitally important and are still major issues that Congress is facing. Yeah, speaking of the election, has, has the president, Joe Biden, have had anything to say about this? There's not much he can do. Congress is divided uh, with the Republicans having a very lean control over the House, Democrats equally lean control over uh, the Senate, and the White House can try to negotiate, but there's very little that they can do. It's really in Congress's, you know, in their side of the court. All right. So, Doctor, now that we've got this laid out, this somewhat agreement, what happens next? Well, again, several more steps before for both houses of Congress. I'm quite optimistic, but I think what you will see is a a lot of zero-hour brinksmanship all the way up to the deadline. But I am optimistic that they will find a way to avoid a costly uh, government shutdown. Republican leaders don't want to see it. Democrats don't want to see it. It's really the the far right of the Republican Party that are pushing these issues and are going to try to win points for the upcoming election in November with a hard line on immigration and time that's any kind of a budget deal. 
Just one of the 10,000 things that the government is looking at. One of it involves the U.S. Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, holding talks in the United Arab Emirates in Saudi Arabia. I believe that's scheduled for this week before he heads on to Israel after warning that the Gaza war could spread across the region without concerted peace efforts. So this is ongoing. The U.S. is getting involved. How big a concern is it, you know, that, that last point, you know, that the war could spread across the region? It's a major concern, especially with Israel's bombing of uh, Hamas leaders that are over the border in, in Lebanon. There is a major threat for this war to increase and if it uh, and to expand beyond you know Hamas uh, versus Israel. And if it does, it will further destabilize uh, the region and really increase what is already a major crisis happening in a very volatile area. Mm. And it will make all of the budget stuff we're talking about in the United States states look like small potatoes. Actually, this might be a bit of a touchy question, Doctor, so I'll try to to dance around it best I can. Uh, What are the odds that, you know, all parties are kind of being very careful about this in light of the fact that there is that possibility that there might be a new president? Could that affect policy, etc., etc.? I mean, we could speculate, but what are the odds that this could drag out longer than we want it to, right up to the point of the new election in that matter? I think you're, we're talking about two phases. Okay. Right okay. now, it's in a crisis phase, and this is Biden's crisis right. to uh, to deal with. And right. he's had a really hard time balancing all of the different kinds of issues. But you're absolutely right in terms of the longer term phase, and not the immediate crisis we're in. That November election will be looming large over this issue, especially okay. given Trump's differences in this region with Joe Biden. Okay, okay. Doctor, let's talk about how January 1st marked the 45th anniversary of the establishment of diplomatic ties between the U.S. and China. Top diplomat Wang Yi warns against confrontation and zero-sum games. So here we are, 2024. Your thoughts on how this could play out as far as U.S.-China relations are concerned? And that's the other big bugbear. Ukraine war, Israel conflict, and now the issue of China. And I don't see too much to be optimistic about here. There's deepening mistrust, and there's two major issues that make me pessimistic that this relationship will improve anytime, especially in the short to medium term. One is the worsening of the Chinese economy mm. and the recent response of, to that uh, from the Xi administration, which threatens to increase the trade tensions between China and the U.S. as well as with the European Union. The second major issue is the fact of that November election coming up in the United States. And neither the Democrats nor the Republicans will want to be looking soft on China. So you won't see much in the way of an attempt to try to substantially improve U.S.-China relations. I think Biden will be working on the margins to try to uh, reduce uh, tensions. But if China's economy gets worse, if Taiwan becomes an issue, we'll see what Russia is up to. All of those different variables completely outside of Biden's control, and those will be very, very important to you know determining where this relationship is going in the short to medium term. You bring up some great points, Doctor, especially with the part about uh, Taiwan, which I'm, I'm going to get to in a bit. If you that China has got their own problems economy-wise, the U.S. has got 10,000 problems. 
Taiwan is going to have their elections, I believe, on the 13th of January. You see three different factions where a group is, you know, more pro uh, going back to China. You've got another one that's looking for independence and quite a large group, 35 and below, who just want things to stay status quo, hoping that nothing's going to happen. And we probably won't see any progress until there is uh, the next United States president. What are your thoughts on this and, and, and Taiwan in the mix? Yeah, I mean, that's a major issue. All eyes on this Taiwan election, who is going to win. I think so far, it's been a cooler heads prevailing that nobody wants to provoke any kind of a any kind of a conflict. But with the increase in trust, especially between China and the United States, it becomes much more delicate of a balancing act. And Taiwan realizing that this upcoming election will really have a lot to say about the future of this cross-straits relations. So, Doctor, this might be speculative slash a bit challenging. What could potentially threaten the U.S.-China relationship in the coming months? I think if you see a worsening Chinese economy, okay. the question will be whether China will you know, take a harder line in terms of trade. You'll uh, start to see whether to shore up support. Xi Jinping takes a, um, a harder line. And he'll be matched with equally difficult uh, rhetoric from the other side as well, as the Democrats and Republicans now have a consensus that being hard on China is, unfortunately, good politics. All right. I've been speaking with Dr. John Donaldson, who is Associate Professor of Political Science, School of Social Sciences, Singapore Management University. Dr. John Donaldson, thank you so much for your time. Take care and have a great Monday evening ahead. Thank you very much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.